EFTM. Tech, cars, lifestyle. This is the EFTM podcast with Trevor Long. EFTM. Thank you for listening. Great to have your company uh, on the EFTM podcast. Uh, oh, I am so busy right now because you know when you're about to go away, like on holidays, and I, I'm officially deemed that I'm going on holidays. Right, that doesn't happen often. Um, I'm taking the family to the Melbourne Formula One Grand Prix, and I'm excited about it. Like I, I get text every day from a TV or radio saying, "Can you talk about this on the day?" And I replied to one this morning. I said, "No, I'm on holidays. I'll be back next week." And it felt awesome. Like it felt great. So just ch- like a lot going on. So pumping out this podcast. A bit more work to do today. Got to come back tonight and do Sky News and then I've got some reviews to do. Tomorrow I've got back-to-back meetings and then two bugs talking tech. There's so much to get done before we go to Melbourne. But anyway, that's not why we're here. We're here because you've got tech questions or you want to hear what other people's questions are. EFTM.com, click, click on Ask Trev and I will try my best to get in touch with you and we'll have a chat about your tech question. We have several this week, everything from uh, iOS issues with the visually impaired to um, Australian consumer law and so much more. But in the middle of it all, I am going to talk to Lee Hunter, whose title I actually don't know. I'm going to look it up right now because I just call people by the obvious name and I said, he's the boss of TikTok in Australia. He's the general manager of operations for TikTok Australia and New Zealand. Lee Hunter is the man in charge of all the staff here in Australia the government relations and all those kind of things. Um, and he, I've, I've met with him before. Um, I, I met with him and his, his comms boss, uh, I don't know, like two months ago, maybe, uh, for no apparent reason other than just to say good day and put a face to a name, essentially. And, you know, TikTok's in the news right now, big time. And I've done a few TikToks on it and I've written about it at EFTM.com. Um, but, you know, there's nothing better than, hearing someone talk about it. You know, the even words on a page can feel out of context at times. So I asked if Lee would come on and it was an instant yes and he was very giving of his time. Um, that alone I appreciate. And um, I think you'll really enjoy that conversation if you've been following the news. And, um, you know, uh, I genuinely want to hear from you about it. I want to know what you think of my chat with Lee Hunter. Uh, Did I miss something? Um, Is there something I could have said or should have said? Did you not believe something he says? So definitely let me know. I really want your feedback on that one uh, because he's gone to the trouble of um, talking to me and I hope that we covered enough topics. So, yeah, let me know what you think. Uh, You can always hit me up. Uh, EFTM.com, click Ask Trev, or of course on all main social media platforms, including TikTok. Uh, thank you very much to the Hippie9 for the five-star rating. Fantastic show. Learn so much. Always interesting. That is greatly appreciated in terms of iTunes ratings. If you are an iTunes user, jump on and send us a, uh, a comment and a, and a review and a rating. That's greatly appreciated. Um, but with that, I think we should just open the lines and get on with the show. All 
right, let's take another call. Mark's on the line. G'day, Mark. G'day, how you going, mate? Yeah, real good, buddy. What can I do for you? Um, look, I've come up with an idea for an app. Yeah. Have you checked that the there's business. not already an app for that? <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, but, I, yeah, no, I haven't in short, yeah. yeah. So. And so what can I do um, for you? But, well, I was wondering if you could recommend, you know, like a trustworthy company that makes them. And because I'm also concerned about if it hasn't already been made, that my idea will get stolen. Yep, you know what I mean? 100%. I think uh, finding a developer is very difficult. Very, very difficult. Yeah. Um, what I would suggest is that you consider looking at what we call the kind of um, crowdsource, the freelancer style market. So freelancer.com is a great website for finding yep. people who have the best skills. Now, the more you yeah. pay, the better you get in any, in any market. But your challenge is how do you – tell a bunch of developers what your idea is and get quotes without um, you know, losing the idea. So if you genuinely believe in the idea, then I think the, I first, do, yeah. the first thing you do is go to a lawyer and, yep, yep. and you say to them, I need to kind of create a piece of paperwork, a uh, legal framework. And so you might want to register an ABN to start with, you know, a business name uh, or get a shelf company, whatever it is, something cheap. And then, you know, pay a lawyer and I don't know how much that costs, but you know, it's, it's an investment and you basically, what you want is an NDA, non-disclosure agreement. And so you want a lawyer to draw up an NDA for you that you can get any prospective developer to sign. And so then what you do is you go to freelancer.com or Fiverr and all these places, or you just do some Googling around app development and you, you say you're looking for a developer, you give a concept, you don't give the idea away, but you know, you say it'll need, you'll need, um, you'll need experience in, uh, utilizing the phone's camera or utilizing audio or utilizing, uh, gaming or whatever, you know, like just give it some pers- pers- you know, perspective in terms of where it sits in the market. Um, yep. and then, and then say, this is, uh, this is going to be, a you know, a, a multi-phase thing. First phase is kind of just a proof of concept. And then we'll, we'll, we'll let ramp up from there. And you say to them, I want to hear from you about your experience. It's basically like a job pitch, right? And yep. I will then pick three people to sign an NDA and under NDA, you'll share with them the idea. Now, just to yeah. be clear, when you go to freelancer.com and all these places, you will get hundreds of responses. And the first yep. 500 of them will be all from Indians and Russians and just, you know, people from all around the world who absolutely know how to build apps and all that kind of stuff. Yep. But you basically want to filter it, not because of because you're a racist, but because you want to definitely deal with someone who's local, if not, you know, very much got a grasp of the culture. So you might try and find an American or Australian developer or New Zealand, or, you know, you want someone to show you that in their profile. So it's not going to be easy, mate, but... I think digging through yeah. the weeds, you'll you'll find yeah. something. And it, mate, it all depends how complex it is. Do you know what I mean? Like, nah, it's not. yeah, yeah. Well, I it's, mean, it's that's a good. Then. Basic idea, but mm. like I said, I'm not tech savvy at, at all. Um, I've got it sort of mapped out a bit, and yep. I know what we need as such. My favourite thing for you to do is go to OfficeWorks and buy um, like a sketch pad, not a notepad, a sketch pad. So it's beautiful white paper. And then buy yeah. black textures and or colored yeah. textures, whatever you like, and and draw each page of the notepad is a is a page of the app. 
So when you open the app, so you're right on the first page, app open. And so when you open the app, what do you see? And then for each button that you draw on the page, you draw another page. So if there's a button A, then you need a page A, and you draw what happens on that page. And so you're essentially drawing out like a story. Have you ever seen a storyboard for a movie or a cartoon or whatever? You're, yeah, I have actually. You, that's what you're doing. You're drawing out a storyboard for how people interact with the app, what it does, how it works. Because, mate, not being tech savvy, there's going to be a bunch of things that happen like where does all the data sit or, you know, like are you gonna, there's other investments required. You know, there's a whole bunch of questions that will come up. But it will be super exciting yeah. for you because, you know, you, you'll learn so much just in this first yeah. process before you even build an app. You'll learn so much and yep. that'll, that'll, that'll set you up really well. So I think, mate, go to a lawyer first so that you've got something that you can have people sign to go under NDA. Yep, yep. All right? No worries. Mate, oh, yep. I want to hear about no it, when it, when it when it starts ticking along, all right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll um, email you once we get to the next stage and all that. So Awesome stuff. Yeah. Good on you, Mark. Fingers crossed. Good on you. All right, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you very much. No worries at all. Um, it's not an easy process, like at all. So I'm 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 super excited for him. Keen to see how he goes. Trevor Long, taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, you know where to go. EFTM.com. Andrew did that. G'day, Andrew. G'day, Trevor. How are you going? Really good, mate. What can I do for you? I'm looking for a um, mobile SIM plan. I've got a phone. I need a new mobile plan. I'm paying too much. Right. Okay. What are you? What are your thoughts on network uh, in terms of Telstra, Optus, or Vodafone? Are there any that are bad for you in terms of coverage in your home or area? What? What? What's your preference? I don't. Uh, well, I, I don't think it is an issue for me. I'm out in Morwell, Regional Victoria, but I do travel into the city now and again. Yep. But. Um, I don't see any bad reports around here of any of those. Yeah, great. Okay. Well, that's good because it opens up all three networks, you know, Optus, Vodafone and Telstra, which is great. You want about how much data did you say? About 25 gigabytes. 25 gig. Okay. So, you know, that's not not on the low end, but it's still very affordable. What are you paying now? I'm paying, well, $55 is going up to 60 in the moment. Oh, is that with Voda? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They put those plans up. Uh, everything's gone up five bucks at Voda. So uh, first and foremost, because you're with Vodafone, you know you're going to get coverage. Kogan Mobile is an absolute yeah. winner. Um, and the one of the best things about Kogan is it, once you're happy, and you should be happy from day one because you're already on Vod- on Vodafone, um, the you can do 12-month 12, 12 plans with them. And so mm-hmm. 20 – oh, my God, I'm going to need a calculator. Let me bring one up. Um, 25, you said, 25 gigabytes per month by 12. You're looking yeah, at three, is... 300 gigabytes a year, right? Um, right. At, with Kogan Mobile, if you pay up front $270, you've got one year's yeah. worth of coverage, and that works out to be $22.20 every 30 days. Cool. Well, that's, mate, that's more than, that's a third of the price of what you're currently paying. That's exactly. wild. Yeah. Um, the medium plan, if you go month to month, is 40 gigabytes a month. The first month's only going to cost you 10 bucks, and it's $25 a month thereafter. So if, right. you, if you wanted to just go month to month, 25 bucks a month, 40 gigabytes of data, and you're good to go with Kogan Mobile. I, I honestly, cool. I, I don't think you're probably going to get a better deal than Kogan Mobile for 
yeah. um, for your budget. Um, but if you wanted to kind of suss around, Spintel uh, is one I hear a bit about on the Optus network. You're looking at, I think, mm-hmm. um, 20 bucks. They've got, a, they've got a plan at the moment, 20 bucks a month for the first six months, 50 gigabytes of data, and then it's 35 bucks a month. So, you okay. know, not too bad at all. I, I reckon Kogan Mobile, though, is an instant win for you because uh, yeah. what, what, uh, how old's your phone? Oh, it's only two years old. Has it got, has it got eSIM capabilities? Uh, it's a, I don't know. You tell me, mate. It's what is a it? Samsung S20 FE. I reckon it would. Um, just Google it to triple check. Um, actually, just go, yeah. what you do is go settings, mobile, and then if there's a button there for add eSIM plan, then you know it does. And what eSIM is, it's okay. just a, it, instead of getting a physical, you know, little plastic chip in the mail, yeah. with Kogan, you can just shop online and order the, you know, the plan, whether it's one month or, or 12 and you can choose an eSIM and they send you an email with a QR right. code and that activates you. Done. Done. Like oh. you, you instantly you could be ready tonight without having to wait for yeah. post. So big win sounds there. Good. All right, mate. That sounds like a win. Terrific. Trevor, All right, buddy. Thanks, mate. Good on you, mate, and stay well. Hope you have a great day. Thank you. See ya. Cheers, buddy. Good on you. Um, there's always there's always money to save. So I don't know why you're not saving it. That's what I always say. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. I've mentioned a fair few times that I do love my TikTok. Um, and I enjoy making content. I don't like being called a creator, but that's the world we live in. Um, but I love it. I love two things about TikTok. Firstly, um, that it's so hit and miss. <laughs> Something can go really, really well and other things just go die out the arse. And you kind of thought, why did that not do well? But the comments are fantastic. It's a very engaging community. Same as everywhere else. There's a few narcs, but, you know, fire back at them, have some fun. But I also love the algorithm. I think it's amazing. I think it's the the most amazing bit of technology ever created because I can be watching something. And I, I don't think I've told this story, but I, I saw a video of a little car, like a little Fiat or something, and it, roll, it rolled on its side at, in Monaco on a, on a, on the uh, uh, casino hairpin there, just in a, on, a, on a road, just driving. And I saw that, shared it with my mates. And then, you know, six swipes later, I saw it from another angle. Shared that with my mates. Six swipes later, I saw it from another angle. By the end of the day, I'd seen this crash, which was hilarious, like five times from different angles. And I'm like, this algorithm knows that I love this video and it's finding it in other places. So it's, it's a phenomenal uh, story of growth. The amount of people on TikTok is mind-blowing, but there's a bit of drama going on. There's a bit of drama going on, and so I thought we would talk to the Aussie boss of, of TikTok here in Australia, Lee Hunter, who has uh, is always open and willing, and let's be clear, that's a really important part here, um, very open and willing to talk. So Lee's on the line now. G'day, Lee. How are you doing? I'm good, Trevor. How are you? Yeah, very well. It's actually an interesting thing that I've just realized there. I don't think I've ever interviewed the local head of any other social network. Um, so it's, is that something you've done from the get-go is be available, um, be you know, open and transparent, which are, are key words for, for your business? Yeah, well, firstly, I'm, I'm pleased to be the first. Uh, yes, absolutely. We've had the benefit of coming in a little later. So we've been around, I've been in the business for about three years and it hasn't been hard to see some of the challenges that the tech has faced hmm. uh, before we we came onto the scene. And so knowing that that was the case, we've worked harder to be more available, more transparent. We've seen the fact that 
look, we're caught up in geopolitical issues around China as well, which means we get more scrutiny. So we've got to be more present. We've got to be doing things better than anyone else. So look, I'm pleased to be the first. I wish everyone was a bit more transparent, frankly, in our industry. And that, I guess, is part of the problem here is that, and we all, everyone gets the the geopolitical situation. I mean, I don't get it because I'm one of those people, and this may be the wrong attitude, but I deal with things that affect me and my family and I influence those things. And, you know, unfortunately, big issues like China and other parts of the world are not going to affect me right now. And so I kind of do not ignore them, but I, I, I don't let them, you know, worry my day. And so... I wonder whether a lot of the challenge that we have here is just some sort of deep-seated, un, unrealized fear, because it does feel like a lot of fear going around right now. Uh, yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. And Trevor, your feelings are pretty much exactly the same as the many millions of people that are on TikTok and certainly the people I speak to. Look, yeah. I, I, I can't defend China, whatever you may think of China. Look, everyone has their own opinions on that. But the fact is, we are not China. Yeah. Like, we are an entertainment app, but we're getting dragged into a lot of this stuff. And it is it is fear-based. But when you do talk to people who use TikTok, when you talk to younger people in particular that may or may not be on TikTok, they're not worried about what's going on with China in relation to TikTok. Yeah. I think this is really something that's that's been born out of a few politicians that are particularly focused on this. Yep. And we're getting caught up in it. So, and, and so okay, well, well you, you mentioned uh, kids or a young person or a, an adult, doesn't matter, that isn't on TikTok and also, you know, doesn't want to get caught up in, in China. But let's let's go uh, the opposite to that. Or maybe they should be, right? So maybe we should be. I'm imagining if I had someone who was, you know, deep in the world of China politics, they'd say you should be worried. So imagine they are worried. Um what have they got to be worried about? Let's let's deal with the obvious, uh, you know, uh, headline in the room, which is you're a Chinese company. Is that true? We get this a lot. No, no, we're not a we're not a Chinese company. We've got the origins in China, and, and you know we're not going to deny that. But particularly for TikTok, we don't operate in China. Our leadership is not based in China. The data for Australians is not held in China. You know, again, knowing that we've come into an environment where these are these geopolitical concerns, we've been very careful to set things up. So yeah. those protections are in place. So Australians can feel comfortable you know, with regards to what happens on TikTok. But I think it's a lot of that bigger concern around China that's, mm. that's happening right now. And we're getting caught up in it. Because the, the, the follow on question to that is always fine. But there's a, I know I haven't read about it. I don't really understand it. But there's a there's a law. Let's call it in the Constitution of China that says if you're a a China-based <laughs> yeah. company, yep. um, you you have to willingly hand over information if the government asks you to. And the linkage downwards towards TikTok is ByteDance is a Chinese company uh, headquartered in China, and they are you are a subsidiary of ByteDance. So does that law? that allows them to request information for intelligence purposes, how does that not follow through to TikTok? Well, Trevor, I can, like, this is, I, I hear this claim so much. It's the 2017 national security law that, that they always refer to here. And, and as you say, the broad idea is that the CCP for any Chinese national can tap them on the shoulder and ask them to access data or do whatever they like, basically. And, and so this is the, the hypothetical we get caught up in. Yep. The first thing to say around that is there's no evidence around this. It's, it's a pure hypothetical. I will say it until we're blue in the face. We don't share data with China. We never will. 
like we put the protections in place so they can't get access to it. But this this fear is is still there. And so what we say to that is firstly, like let's let's base things on facts and evidence, not just accusations. But then really what's behind this is the idea that any Australian company with any engineers or employees in, in China that are Chinese nationals are similarly somehow compromised. And so we get singled out for this yep. because I think of those those bigger issues with China. But look, I've I've gone on these privacy policies of some of Australia's biggest banks and telcos. And they state really clearly that they've got employees in China mm-hmm. and they can and, and do share access and information with them. We're talking data that's far more valuable yes. potentially <laughs> than what you get from TikTok. We're talking financial information, health information, you know, telecommunications information. It, what we're saying really is in this hypothetical that is put forward in this 2017 national security law, let's be consistent around what is really at the play here. If we have to have a conversation about the government's fears around Chinese nationals in China, let's not single out TikTok. Let's have them Yeah, because you can't tell really me Facebook doesn't have some engineers in China. That's the, that's the way yeah. the world works. Yeah. You have engineers, you have in India, you have them in wherever you can get great people. And let's be clear, maybe they're cheaper too. Um, that's why you have offshoring <laughs> of, of engineering work and programming work and all those things. So your point is, yeah. if I'm understanding it correctly, if we're going to have a conversation about, you know, that Security Act of 2017, who else does it apply to? Because it really applies to Chinese nationals who are engaged in work for companies. And that is going to happen to apply to not only other social networks, but other businesses, as you say, like banks. And that, to me, is the sad thing. And I mean genuinely sad. I was saddened to watch the U.S. congressional hearing because your CEO... Yeah. I've never wanted to work for someone as much as him. Like, I don't know about you, but I sat there going, this guy is a legend. He was so polite. He was so calm. Uh, It was awesome to watch someone take what he took and just move forward. And they they didn't hear him in any way, shape or form, which is kind of sad, don't you reckon? Oh, I think it's completely sad. And I think, you know, maybe it, maybe it's a slightly biased audience, but if you jump on TikTok, there's a lot of <laughs> it's people wild. Who are yes. disappointed, disappointed with Congress, but yeah. also enamored with, with Show, our CEO. And look, he, he did a, a, a fantastic job in the face of some clear bias with some clear agendas in place that didn't really want to talk about solving problems. They wanted to have, in my opinion, their moment of grandstanding. Yeah. And I think, again, it sort of illustrates... If there are genuine concerns from government, and of course there should be around data privacy and security, and hey, look at Latitude Financial to know that there's big things happening at the moment. But if there are real conversations to be had and measures to be put in place, we are here for those conversations all the time. We we want to be the first in the door to to have that conversation with people, but we're not getting a fair hearing and we're getting caught up in some pretty uh, wild accusations that aren't rooted in any truth or evidence. I take back my time and I yield to the chair. Um, now, the, 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 there's, there's a really important thing, I think, about, um, you know, permissions and the things that people like I watched the I did a, I did a TikTok on the 60 minutes in the United States. They had a promo going this app. It it needs access to your camera, to your microphone. And I'm thinking, mm, have you ever used TikTok? But it is fascinating, right, because when you look at the permissions on your phone and obviously I encourage everyone to do this right now. And. Lee, I'll be honest with you. I think what we should be pushing and having, and I I will lead it wherever I can, is a conversation with the Australian general public about 
data privacy and, and who, who and how and where it's stored. And secondly, permissions. What permissions are you giving to apps? Because if you open your iPhone, your, your, your Google phone, and you go into the settings and you go into apps and you click on any app, it'll tell you what permissions you've handed over. And I was, I looked at, yeah. I'm using a Google Pixel at the moment. I looked and I went, oh, I'm not even sharing my location. And then on your iPhone, it doesn't even ask for it. So I don't think the TikTok app even asks for location at any point in time. And anything else it asks for, you can just turn it off. Like it's, the power yeah. is in the hands of the consumer here. No matter what the app wants to do, you can control what it does. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that conversation as well about educating people about how to maintain their privacy and find a level that's comfortable for them. Uh, look, we we exist in a country where we've got pretty stringent privacy regulations. Yeah. Some of the best in the world, in my opinion. And so, of course, we're going to adhere to all of that. And the more you can put the power into the hands of the user, I think it's, it's better for everyone. They, they trust these platforms more. The regulators are happy. And it's just generally the best thing to do for users. Mm. I mean, with, with a lot of the accusations we get, look, you, you talk about the GPS one. We get this all the time. Okay, we, we, we're somehow tracking people's GPS because there's some nefarious purpose. It's just not true. As you've, you've, you've experienced yeah. yourself, we're not even using the GPS function in the phone. But that doesn't stop a lot of these these hypotheticals and a lot of these accusations. And some of them get pretty wild. Like I, I do have a chuckle to myself with some of them. I, I remember in 2020 when I, when I first joined, I was reading an article that was somehow claiming that we might introduce a dance where you are um, compelled to put your hand up to the camera and in doing so, we will be able to read your fingerprints. Mm. <laughs> and I, I, I couldn't fathom how, like, the cre- I was, I was in, I'm, I'm amazed with the creativity of the yeah. idea. Well, it's, but it went so far that it, it just, it was absurd. It's almost the the same uh, example, but not as absurd. Uh, you know, reading the terms and conditions, uh, which no one's done. Um, but if you take a, a line out of context, it can look bad. And I think one of the lines is yeah. something to do with, uh, you know, being able to. Uh, identify uh, uh, parts of your face and, and features or something like that. And, you know, U.S. Congress or whoever wants to, they can make that seem pretty bad. But actually, as your CEO pointed out, that's so that people can put silly sunglasses on or funny hats and different colored hair. Uh, if you if you wanted to do that in an app, like Snapchat does it, then you have to tell people that you're able to interpret their the image that you're sending them uh, and, and do that. But you're not reading people's faces or voices. And that's where the conversation no. goes off the rail, doesn't it? It takes your terms and conditions. I'll give you the other one, which is the, you know, we will uh, provide uh, details to law enforcement. I think I saw that. I don't know where I saw it. I don't know which story it was in, but I'm thinking um, that's a good thing, folks. And I looked at your uh, transparency website. You've uh, handed out, you've had a total of 111 requests in the last quarter of last year. Um, 87 of them were the legal uh, 11 were emergency and you in some cases or some cases you did and didn't disclose because you get those requests from uh, lawyers, law enforcement and different people and where applicable you hand over data. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, and you referenced the transparency report. So look, anyone can go and check this stuff, but yes, we, when we do get requests from law enforcement, Firstly, we, we check for its legal validity. We want to make sure we're doing the right thing. And in yeah. cases where it's warranted, we do the right thing in the countries in which we operate. And, you know, again, I'll say, you know, we don't operate in China, so we're not beholden to that requirement. And I think where you talk about those privacy policies and some of the things that, that are in there that can be open to interpretation, we err on the side of over-communicating. Yeah. 
So we want to make sure that we're, we're doing a better job in explaining what is happening. And so I think sometimes that does mean that the over-interpretation is, is, is at play. And mm. some of the stuff you saw that in the Congress piece where they were talking about, I think there was a, a congressman who was talking about measuring pupil dilation or something to that effect. <laughs> yeah, like, it, 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 like I, again, like I, I almost don't want to re, reiterate these things to put them in the, the, the consciousness of people who might yeah. not have seen it. But it's wild and it's not true. It's, it's just fabrication. Now, unpopular opinion, and don't hate me for having it, but – I think TikTok should be banned on government devices, okay? I think TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter should be banned on government devices. The point there is if we're going to have a conversation about who knows where, how, what, who knows too much about our defence minister, for example, well, I, I, don't, I don't want Facebook to know um, because yeah. it's yeah. not a TikTok thing. It's a rogue agent thing. So let's – Use let's call uh, let's let's come up with a new company instead of slandering any of them and let's call it Exit Sign. It's a new app and you can do wonderful things on it. Um, but it's great with kids. But Exit Sign should be banned in government offices because what if one of the sixteen hundred engineers that works at Exit Sign has a vendetta against someone or is uh, is a plant for the you know a Ru- Russian uh, you know uh, government. We don't want them to be able to look look someone up in the database and find out anything about them. So for that reason, I don't care whether it's a Chinese national or someone, Lee, in your office who's just disgruntled with the government. I think that at that level, we should probably not be having apps on devices that have this level of permission over the device or the person. So I'm all for that. But for the general public, I think it's absolute lunacy to be even talking about a ban of any nature. How do you, how do you respond to the idea of a government ban? Well, you preface it as an unpopular opinion. I actually agree with you. My my personal thoughts are because you don't I, want politicians I, I on the app be doing boring, stupid videos that no one likes. No, go on. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I used to work for YouTube many years back in the day, and I remember when YouTube was banned from the Wi-Fi and connections and networks from from governments, and mm-hmm. it was more about just wasting time in their day. Yeah, that's a and good point. Like now we're in a different scenario. Uh, it's it's not unfamiliar to me, but the, I think your point is is well made in that it should apply to any social media or messaging application. And when we've had conversations with the departments in the government that are responsible for issuing this advice, that's exactly what they say too. Yeah. But we get we get singled out. I'm, I have no problem if a government department wants to look at the range of social media or messaging applications and choose to not have that on their, their, device, their government-issued devices. No problem at all. The problem I do have is when it's just a conversation just about TikTok. us and yeah. not the broader issue. Yeah. So what's yeah. next in Australia? There have been some submissions to a Senate committee, I'm assuming it is. What is next for you and for social media in Australia? Well, look, for, the next thing for us is we want to meet with Claire O'Neill, the yep. Minister for Cybersecurity and Home Affairs. We've, we've tried to meet with her specifically. We've, we've had some conversations with Home Affairs. We're trying to be as open, transparent, get a clear line of communication there. So that, that's one thing we want to do and really just correct some of the misinfo that's out there and, and really tell her very plainly all of the things we're doing to be better than anyone else in this field, frankly. Yep, yep. Uh, we do have uh, a Senate inquiry coming up soon. That's a Senate inquiry around foreign interference in social media. That's us appearing alongside many of the other players in this space. Uh, we will be the first to line up and, and be very proudly talk about all of the things we do. The the fact is, I think this issue around the geopolitical context is not going to go away and we will continue to get 
caught up in it. Mm. So you know, my my attitude is I'm going to keep on talking to you, talking to others, as many people as will listen, to really explain what what we're doing and and maybe correct some of that misinformation that's out there, and just be working harder than anyone else, frankly, in this in this field around whether it's Twitter or whether it's Meta or Google or whoever else it is. We cop a lot more crap than anyone else, uh, and I think unfairly. But what that means is we're working harder than anyone else. So I'm proud of that fact. So, you know, we're, we're, we're gonna to continue to push on and make sure anyone and everyone that we can get in front of will listen to all the great work we're doing. I haven't looked. Do you report on numbers of users in Australia? I've, I've heard the number 7 million bandied around. Is there any numbers that you publish? We don't in Australia. Okay. So in the US, we just reported 150 million users. Half the population. Yeah, half the population. And look, in Australia, Without getting into specifics, it's grown enormously. There are many, many millions of, of Aussies that are on the app every day. And it, a lot of people, you know, I, I walk into so many rooms and people, one of the first things they'll say is, oh, my daughter's on TikTok. And they still <laughs> hold these ideas that it's full of kids that are lip syncing and dancing. Yep. But that's just not true. The average age is well into their 20s and they're enjoying all sorts of stuff like your content, hmm. which, by the way, popped up in my for you feed many a time. Very good. Uh, so well done. Uh uh, so like, I think there's a reality to TikTok that is different to what, you know, a lot of people still think of us yeah. as, you know, we, we are well and truly embedded into this content and culture and creativity of Australia. And it's also, frankly, the, the small businesses, hundreds of thousands of small businesses that use TikTok to connect and build their businesses. So there's a lot at stake here. So we want to make sure we're not just doing it for ourselves, but doing it for those users and businesses and creators. Just finally, because you're being very generous with your time, I, I want to talk about kids and parents. Because again, yeah. I have very strong opinions here um, and the, the way it's reported is often just poorly researched. Um, you know, you've implemented a 60-minute time limit for kids under the age of 18. In Australia, you can't be on the app until you're 13. I can't believe you can have eight-year-olds on it in America, but that's another whole problem with America. But anyway, um, you've implemented this time limit, which of course kids can simply scroll past or disable. But how... How do you, how have you gone? How do you feel about the response to that? Because obviously the genuine conversation here isn't about kids, you know, swiping away or ignoring or changing a setting. It's about parents engaging with their kids in actually setting limits on their devices, either through the TikTok app or through some sort of screen time. Yeah. Yeah, look, we've, we've implemented a range of things. as the screen time management tool you mentioned there. So that, that, that initial limit of 60 minutes. We've also put in place more stringent access from parents over their teenagers' use of TikTok. So they can monitor, they can control, they can restrict it. Every parent and guardian might have a different idea of what is okay and what's not okay. Yeah. So we're putting the tools in the hands of them. Now, I think there's more to be done here, and it's not just by us. I think it's parents getting educated around what best practice is and, and how to manage that that digital journey for their, for their kids and teens. Yeah. So we work with the Office of the Safety Commissioner. We work with third-party experts around this stuff. You know, we, we don't hold ourselves out to be the arbiters of truth, but we're trying our very best to work with the people that are and, and put these things in place. I really and again, think the look, Office of the E-Safety times. Commissioner needs to spend more time um, talking to parents, uh, whether it's through mainstream media advertising, whatever it is, um, about how they have to engage because it's the wrong answer yeah. is to say, my, my daughter's on TikTok. The right answer is, I've, I, I saw my daughter on TikTok and I'm there now and, and, you know, it helps me understand what she's doing and it helps me control her time. Because 
That's the only way you can parent in the digital age. I, I know it's hard. It's difficult, especially because some people are just not into this stuff. But if you don't know what TikTok is and your kids are on it, you're in for a world of pain, not because of the content, but because of the things that can happen by them, you know, reading things, spending too long on it, not doing the homework, whatever it might be. But if you're on TikTok, you might realize that you can link your account to your child and you can then control their account because you're the parent. You're allowed to control them. I think a lot of parents, Lee, are afraid to control their kids' data, screen time, app access because you know, they think they should be able to run wild. Control it. Stop them from using it. And the best way to do yeah. that is actually through the tools that you've created. You've actually handed it to them on a platter, but parents need to engage with their kids in the apps that their kids are using. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree on this. And, and you know, whether I can use this as a platform to get out to some parents or or with the eSafety Commission, whatever it is, like yeah. I want to reinforce that message. You know, we've got a bunch of tools, but the conversations that you have with your kids and your teens is the most important thing. Well, it was the other one. It was, there was a, one of the US con congressmen, you know, talking about his kids do this and his kids do that. And it's like, mate, you, you can stop that. You, you can literally turn that off um, if you just engage yep. with them instead of just texting them and asking them, you know, how well the platform works. I, I'm fascinated by your approach to this. Um, you're, you're a model to other... Um, I guess any organization doesn't mean social media in terms of the way to take something head on. I genuinely think that's that you're doing the right thing. I don't think you've got an easy road ahead because, you know, politicians love posturing, but I hope that you get that conversation with Claire O'Neill. And I hope that uh, that Senate inquiry correctly looks at the entire landscape. And I'm assuming that will be your message throughout that process. But uh, I wish you the best with that. And, and uh, as I said, love the platform. And uh, don't plan to be going anywhere other than, uh, you know, making more content. Thank you, Lee. Well, you've made my day. Thanks for it. I appreciate the time. All right, let's keep going, see if we can help a little more. Zach's on the line. G'day, Zach. Hey, mate. How's it going? Yeah, real good. What can I do for you? Hey, mate. So I've uh, I purchased an item from Blackmagic. Um, called the Asia Mini Extreme. I love it. About, oh, I've got a. I've got the. I've actually got two of them. The Mini. There's a difference between the two that I've got. One of them does the multi-screen, you know, output on onto a monitor. The other one doesn't. But I don't yeah. have the ISO one. Is that the one you've got? Yeah, the ISO one. It does the the multiple recordings. Right. What sort of what sort of things do you use it for? Uh, I mostly use it for uh, like my sport. Um, I do like pro wrestling with it. Um, I do multiple things. Oh, okay, um, cool. I do it, use it pretty much all the time. Yeah, right. Well, what's happened to it? What's the problem? So what, it has two HDMI outputs, um, and one of the outputs that I use all the time uh, is just started flashing and flickering. I contacted Black Magic. They basically said um, you have to do a firmware upgrade. I've done that, and they've said, oh. If that doesn't fix it, because it's all on one board, that um, it's not worth fixing, and it's only like less than two years old. And I'm like, that's that's a bit crazy considering it's two thousand dollars. Yeah, I was going to say it's a two thousand dollar item. Yeah, it should it should last like you know a few years. It shouldn't last like you know a year and a half. So, have you pushed them harder on? Uh, have you heard of Australian consumer law? Yeah, I've heard of it a little bit just from a friend of mine who's contacted you in the ah, past. Okay. Yep. Um, 
And like I've heard bits and pieces, but um, not the most familiar with it. But I know a little bit. So where? What state do you live in? I live in uh, New South Wales. So what? What? Here's what you need to do. Where did you buy it from? Uh, I bought it from, I believe, um, it was called Store DJ in Alexandria. Yeah. Um, do they still exist? Yes. They, they basically told me that they can't help me because it's an issue with the manufacturer. Well, so it is the responsibility of the retailer to deal with returns, issues, faults and failures, okay? So that's the first point. It's really important that retailers don't get the chance to dismiss customers. So first and foremost, you should know that it's that company's responsibility, okay? Secondly, because Blackmagic's an Aussie company, you kind of do have the ability to go directly as well. So I'd play a two, two-prong two approach. I'd be on the phone to both of them. Now, when it comes to what you say to them, you say, um, this is covered by Australian consumer law. And they say, no, it's not. Um, and you say, I'm sorry. Yes, it is. Because I believe the expectation of life for this product at $2,000 performing a very simple task without any moving parts, well looked after, I believe, and you, you pick a number, but personally, mate, I'd want four to five years out of that thing. That's what I think. 100%. 100%. Right? I think it should at least. So, Australian, so, so you're aware, Australian Consumer Law does not tell you how long they should support that product. What it says is a reasonable period. Now, I think yep. anyone listening to this, even if you don't know what a Blackmagic Atom Mini is, it's a $2,000 piece of technology that allows you to have video cameras come in and a video feed come out. It's like a little mini TV studio. Um, you should have the right to say to them, mate, a reasonable period of this product should be several years, certainly not the year and a half, two years I've got. And they'll again say no. And then you say, are you sure? Because I'm going to call the Department of Fair Trading. My next call is to the Department of Fair Trading. And if you don't uh, help me and fix this under Australian consumer law, I will go to Fair Trading and they will help me fight you. Here's the problem, Zach. It's not going to take a day or a week. It's going to be a battle. So the question is how long you can live with that product being faulty and, and this back and forth. So that's really the only challenge with Australian consumer law is it's not set in stone. It's not black and white. There's greys there. And it's like a mediation thing. You know, they'll, they'll say, let's sit together and talk about it. And you'll say, I think you've got a great case. Put it that way. I think you absolutely can sit there and say, black and blue, this thing should work longer than a year and a half. In fact, I think it should last four years plus. And yes. th they then have to say what they think. And, mate, I don't see it, the Department of Fair Trading letting them get away with it personally. Yeah. Well, I just it's just really annoying because, like, you spend the hard hard money on it and then you just get told by everyone that they just pretty much just see you as a number and they don't yeah. care. And, mate, the other thing I is, and, and this is what I would say to both Blackmagic and to the Department of Fair Trading, say to them, I could have chosen to buy a cheap Chinese product that would have cost me yeah. half the price and done a good job, but maybe not the same job, but I could have done that. But I chose not to. I chose to invest in an Australian product that cost $2,000. And for that, I should get, firstly, Australian consumer law coverage. And secondly, many years of productive um, life out of the product. So bottom line, 100%. Zach, you got to push back, buddy. Okay? 
push back yeah, and push I'll, back I'll strong. Now, I am going to forward your – I don't have a contact directly at Black Magic, but I do uh, know the, the people that represent them in, in terms of public relations. I am going to forward your email with your permission to them, but I don't want you to give that any thought um, because I want you to keep pushing at your end, okay? Yeah, I 100% will. All right, buddy. Good luck with it. Fight the fight. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Good on you, Zach. No worries at all. And, you know, we, we, we have this conversation all the time. Uh, many people have said they've had luck. Others have chosen not to have the fight because the fight is essentially a bigger deal than, you know, getting a new one. But I think in Zach's case, that's a good fight. I'd back him. Um, and I think Black Magic's an amazing company. And I think it's one of those things where they maybe they've had such great luck with products that they've never really encountered this before. But I would hope to think that they would uh, certainly honour um, his situation by uh, replacing that product. Simple as that. Let me know what's going on with you. Uh, EFTM.com, the place to go. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Trevor Long, take any calls. If you've got a tech question, go to the website, EFTM.com. That's what Tiffy did. G'day, Tiffy. How can I help? Uh, hi, Trev. Um, I'm totally blind, hearing impaired. Um now, the thing is, I don't know what – if this is an Apple issue mm. or if it's something to do with um, websites, but there are a lot of websites where you've got to put in a, a capture code, you know, like the, those challenges. Yes, yes. And I don't know what's going on because what I used to be, be able to do is I would hit the – like I, I, would, I, would, I would put in the phrase and then I would put in the, um, you know, like I, I, I you know – do the whole form thing. And then when I'd um, – sorry, I'm a, a bit no, stressed right. out. Take your time. When I'd, put, when I'd put in the phrase, I would dictate it just because it's quicker. And some of the yeah. – um, You mean like a capital A, little B, capital C? No, 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 no. Like, oh, you know, it, it, might, it might say, um, I don't know, uh, keyboard connected to what, what, whatever it is. Like, you know, like oh, okay. it, it'll be someone speaking – you know, um, the problem is they're hard to hear, so it's best to hear what I can hear. Now, and but is this a new it. problem? So did it used to be okay? Yes. yes um, it's only just started with iOS 16 and above. Ah, the issue is right. with, um, a, with 2GB, it's fine. I can do it like I used to be able to do it with iOS 15 and above, but with other websites like Vision Christian Media, um, I can't. If I hit the done button the challenge box disappears. So you're talking about like sending them an email? Is that what you mean? On, yeah. On their website? Or, e, e, either, either email, donation, contact, whatever. It right. just disappears. And I think others have the same thing. Um, why can't we have a mass challenge like 3RW do where you just put in the thing? Well, it is. So it is I, a, it is a, um, certainly a website by website issue. So, uh, I know. The I don't know. I, I, no, no, no. It is. I'm telling you, Tiffy. So, um, I, for example, I know that the sign up to my newsletter is broken at the moment. The capture just doesn't even appear. So you can't even do it. Oh. <laughs> I just haven't had time to fix it. Okay. So, as a website yeah. owner or manager, you choose what kind of uh, mm. challenge you put in place. So, yeah. I think that I think there's two issues at play. One of them is what did Apple change that made this different, but also. What are websites doing to choose the mm. most, uh, I guess, 
uh, useful ones for people like you. Now, the problem is, Tiffy, a maths challenge mm. uh, is very easy for a computer to subvert. So if you think about the reason for those challenges is so that mm. uh, a computer or a bot or, a, you know, a Russian annoying scammer uh, doesn't send mm. you, like I get hundreds <coughs> of scam emails through the website um, that what they do is they, they can try and bypass those. So if, if you don't have the capture, you'll get hundreds of emails. If you do have the mm. capture, how easy is it to get past? And they're getting more and more challenging. I've seen ones where it's a little puzzle piece you've got to drag your finger along. I don't know how you do that. Um, you the, can't, the, not with those who are blind. Or no, the, yeah, and, no, and the Google ones, that are it's like a puzzle board of pictures and oh, says don't tap started. a button, tap each square oh. that has a bicycle in it. Uh, yeah. That would be impossible for you. So is there not, and, yeah. and again, I, I apologise for not at all understanding your, your, your situation, but when I see the Google thing that says um, here's six photos uh, or nine photos, press tap on the ones that have a motorbike in them, is, is there no alternative option there? Does it not say, you know, for the visually impaired, click here or anything like that? Well, see, for those who are blind, vision impaired, they're actually different disabilities. Sure. But um, for... Uh, there are audio challenges, but for someone who's hearing impaired as well, they're very difficult to right. hear. Okay. And, I mean, it might be website to website, but I never had any trouble with any Before. other iOS okay. update. However, I can't use my old iPhone 7 anymore with dictation because it, it, it just doesn't work anymore. Dictation, the microphone, nothing works. So okay. now I'm going to have to save up for a new phone to replace the 7. Yeah. So, look, Tiffy, there is no uh, – there is no – immediate answer to this, obviously. We're just not going to snap our fingers and fix it. But, you know, I, I, if you don't mind, uh, and, and let, let me be very clear, I can't fix this problem for you. But what I can I do is can't, what I can do is make sure that at the very least it gets thrown into the, the, the pool of things that Apple needs to see. So I, I don't know the mm. engineers that write iOS, but I certainly have a few contacts at Apple and I'd like to forward yeah. your email to them and, and this call. Thank you so that they can yeah. hear, hear your, your plight. And hopefully, yeah. you know what, maybe they just made a mistake and there's just a line of code that's missing and they'll update it really quickly. But, mm. but you know, we just don't know whether it'll be, you know, two months or, or a year or if they'll ever get to mm. it. And I can tell you, like I, I do some work with 2GB um, <clears throat> Consulting and we, we, I deal with some of the smart speaker stuff. And, you know, dealing with Alexa, it's been awesome. We talk to yeah. them and we get them to do cool things. The Apple HomePod, you still can't play 2GB. And I had a, I had a video uh. meeting, like a one-to-one -one video meeting with the guy in Australia that would handle this. And he just said, it's not going to happen. It's not on our list. And I, I, there's, oh. you know, there's, no, there's, like, there's nothing he can do. Even though he understands the plight that I have, there's no yeah. influence that he can have on the process at a grander level. So, you know, I just want to be clear that I'm definitely yeah, going to pass it on, but I, I just don't feel... Good enough about saying to you, I'm sure it'll be fixed soon. Mm. <laughs> um, and so, so my advice would, say, would be um, would be well. to, to say to people, um, where like if you can find examples of good websites. So you said three AW for example. Um, yeah. For the ones that you contact the most, I would do your mm. best, however you can find an email address or a way of contacting them, to give them this feedback because often they don't know. I have, I have already. Yeah. But if I could just say, 
with Vision Christian Media who have got this issue, I did contact them and told them that the way that I'm trying to do this challenge it doesn't work anymore yeah. with iOS 16 and above. And they said, look, sorry, but we have to keep everyone else safe. We're sorry that you're having difficulties, but we're not going to do anything. And Blind Citizens Australia have refused to get involved. Yeah. And look, and I, I feel... And there's supposed to be an advocacy uh, Tiffany, service. I feel stuck in the middle here because I, I hear you. I know. I, I genuinely hear you. Stuck, no, no, no. But I also, I also am guilty. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't... Not your uh, fault. No, no, no. But I'm saying on my website, when I do a mm. thing, I make a change, I do, I do something, I look at it, I quickly open it in a browser, I go, it's cool, it works, it's done. It's yeah. It's a very hard thing unless, I guess, you're living with someone mm. who, who is blind or has a vision impairment to impairment, to, yeah. to get someone to test it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, um, yeah. it's actually very hard for a developer, I think. And I'm not asking you to have sympathy for them. I'm just saying... That it's, I it's don't actu- because it's, they it's should actually know. True, but th- I wonder how they test it. Firstly, and secondly, we, we need to understand that once, uh, like, uh, let's say the Vision Christian Media, it's their website. I don't know if they've updated it. It's cool, whatever. Um, they it's, haven't. It's a brand new. It's a it's a new list of things for them to do. So there, there's mm. a cost involved. So there's a it's got to go through a bunch of people's desks. You know what I mean to mm. to get it done. And unfortunately, you're just going to have to keep chipping away. Um, at, at those those people and those organisations. Or, you know, the but other thing is But then what do I do? Because the thing is, I'll just quickly say, what do I do? Because the thing is, some of them you can touch where, you know, you think you're going to get to that button is as opposed to hitting done just to make yeah. sure that it goes there. But, it, some, but then you think, have I touched the right spot? And then it disappears. Or if the phrase is easy enough to type, you can type it. But then, you know, because I find it difficult to slide and double tap. You know, I'd yeah. rather dictation, but I can't with the seven anymore, which yeah. was better at everything. But that's now screwed up. So the mm. only one I've got is the iPhone SE third generation. So I've got to buy a new phone to replace the seven because yeah. I've got another account that I run on that. So, okay. well, look, you know, I, I, I just don't I'll... know why Apple couldn't have left things alone. Yeah, and well, yet, uh, as I said, it's probably Adam, just something um, they didn't intend Morris to change. From, uh, yeah, I was just going to quickly say, Adam Morris from AT Training, he's also blind. He says that he bypasses the challenges. I said, I don't think you actually can do that because if you try to, to do yeah. that, it won't let you do it. It won't let you do the thing you want to do, yeah. All right, well, Tiffy, exactly. well, um, let me forward on this call and your email to Apple. Hopefully it just gets put in the list of things to do um, <laughs> with, with no guarantees. I hear your pain. Yeah. I hope it resolves itself uh, and and anything mm. that, that – as I said, you just got to keep chipping away at those individual websites. I'm sorry that you've I'll got try. that problem, and and hopefully there's other there's many many better <clears throat> things happening out there than the than the few challenges. But hopefully we can get some yeah. sort of resolution in the medium term for you. Thanks, Trev. All right, Tiffy, good on you. Thanks for calling. Um, that's tough, and I like you know I get the anger, I get the frustration, I get the lack of sympathy. But as I said, I I'm guilty of. Like I keep getting emails from people saying the capture doesn't work on the man cave sign up. I'm like, oh, it's not a form I, I use a lot. I, I don't know. I'll check it. I'll test it. I'll check. It's it's a long way down the list. I work alone and I have uh, one guy, Ben, who's the legend that fixes things when they go wrong and helps me upgrade things. But, you know, we're not digging into the code every day. We don't – that's just not how it is. Um, so I've, I kind of know the problem that she's coming up against but I hope those organisations give it some sort of priority where they can. Uh, I certainly that I certainly would hope to give it 
some priority and not dismiss it. Um, I don't know what Apple's going to do. But interestingly, I did the John Stanley show, uh, Talking Tech, uh, filling in for Stephen Fennick, who was sick last night on 2GB and 4BC. And we had another caller um, who said that on iOS 16, when he's in the calendar, it doesn't read the date clearly. It has a big long pause in the middle or something. So there's other little things. So they've done something in the in the accessibility features of iOS 16. We'll see if we can get, better, get to the bottom of it. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. All right, as I said, I really want to hear from you about my chat with Lee Hunter, the uh, general manager of operations for TikTok in Australia and New Zealand. Um, I, I'm... I think my, my view on it all is pretty clear and um, hopefully you can you can see some of that. If you agree or disagree, I'd love to hear from you. Um, I kind of want to get a general sense of where the, where the audience is on this because am I out of my own here? Am I just talking into a bubble when I talk about this on TikTok and get good comments or is this an understood feeling? What do you feel? How are you feeling about it all? And if you've got any other comments, advice for callers, thank you to everyone who got in touch for Marie last week who had the Foxtel uh, aerial tuning question. Um, I was utterly blown away. I think it was Justin that was first on the email and the Twitter. Um, like within two hours of publishing that episode, I had an email, with the YouTube link and everything I needed to help Marie out and lots of people commented. That's the kind of cool stuff that really makes this a community, and I do feel that genuinely about about the audience. I feel like we're a great community, and if you want to be part of that community in a, in a more engaging way, go to Facebook, search up the EFTM Man Cave, and join the group. We'd love to have you there because if you've got questions, there's lots of questions get answered and asked there as well. Um, so yeah, don't don't be afraid to join. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you for downloading. Let's do it all again real soon. But right now, eyes on, focus forward, the Australian Grand Prix in Melbourne. This is the EFTM. Yeah, yeah.